Hello and welcome to the Split Real Podcast. I'm Steve Bagnick and joining me as always, he's still recovering from all the food he ate during the Super Bowl. It's Gabe Acevedo. And all the alcohol I drank as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how me, are you doing? That, that took me a while to recover from. I had some chili mixed with taco dip, mixed with buffalo chicken meatballs. It was good. It's good. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I it's miss definitely. Your, I miss your chili. Oh, thanks. I miss your good. chili. It's a good recipe. It's a good recipe, but it definitely did a number on me for like a couple of days. Like it just, it just took me out for a little while. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any good food at the Super Bowl? Just regular Super, um, Super Bowl food, wings, chili, nachos, beer. What kind of wings do you like? Um, just, I'm basic. Just give me barbecue or unsauced. Unsauced wings? Yeah. That's well, I have... So I have a chronic stomach disease, so there's a lot of sauces that I can't eat. So that's my one excuse. It's the Super Bowl. You just you you give up on those chronic diseases that people uh, have. So I don't want to be in pain for like three days. Yeah, I already was. Well, I'm in pain for all my life. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, it's all good. It's all all good. All right, today we are talking Super Bowl trailers. We're going to talk about the Oscar hosts that just announced, and we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to do a book report on. Boba Fett. So I figured that's what we'll be doing today. I think I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. I think it'll be a fun episode. We're a little bit late. That's okay. We just had some con- scheduling conflicts. So, you know, things pop up. It happens. Sorry about that for our devoted listeners there. You um, still love us. Do you want to start with the trailers or do you want to start with the Oscars hosts? Oscars. Let's get that out of the way. All right. So the uh, over the weekend, they did announce that we have hosts for the Oscars, not a host. We have three hosts. Uh, they figured make up for the last two missing hosts, and they just threw all three of them together here, I guess. And they are announced to be Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes to do it. And I think they were talking about doing three separate hours because it's usually a three-hour program and one host per hour. Um, yep. I think that's the plan there. As are you excited for this? What do you what do you think of that for? I mean, I'm excited because we finally have hosts. Um, I know that you and I at the beginning had um different opinions. Like I thought with a, a ceremony without hosts, I didn't hate it, um the way some people did. But I did agree with you. Like I think it's time to bring it back. Um, I just think it just they never. I thought the first year was fine, and then the next what it, another year or two years, it kind of they didn't find a way to make it work. So I'm happy that we have we were having hosts back. Listen, last year was a disaster. So anything that they do this year is better than last year. Um, I am interested in seeing that three act kind of ceremony that they want to do. Like you said, they want to divide it into like an hour um, each section. Um, the rumor is that they the three of them will open the show. The three of them will close the show, but each one will have a particular hour. Um, or they're wait, they're calling it an act. Each one of them will have an act throughout the ceremony, um, with maybe um a skit here or there, the three of them scattered throughout the ceremony. Um, so I'm excited for that. I love Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall. I'm excited for them. Um, I I, I really do like them. Um, I know they're very niche people, a lot of people don't see either their shows um or their comedy and stuff. I really like them. I'm not excited about Amy Schumer, but it's just that I've never been a fan of hers. Even when she was having that big, big surge, like what, 2015 to like 2017. I'm like, I'm not a big fan of hers. I don't particularly find her funny. Um, But, you know, three women, two women of color. That makes me happy. So sure, let's give it a shot. I think one of the reasons they decided to go in this direction, um, Will Packer is the one person who is the producer of this. He's also the producer of a number of things that, you know, these people have been in, you know, including uh, Girls Trip and Ride Along, Think Like a Man. These are the types of things that he's been the producer for, which have been quite popular and pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's where uh, uh, Regina Hall has been in some of those. Wanda Sykes has worked with some, some of those people, see the same people, and they've been in the same circles. And Amy Schumer kind of rounds out that group. I'm not honestly excited about this. I don't think that they're the best choice. Uh, I think they're going for a certain type of uh, ceremony, which I think could be really fun and, and exciting, but I don't think that they're the the best hosts to get people excited to watch the Oscars. You know, I don't think they're bringing in a big audience. They're not the people that you bring in to bring in an audience. I don't. I like I said before. I I didn't when I was talking before this uh, off camera. Uh, I wasn't really excited. I didn't really understand like why they decided to pick these people. I mean, Regina Hall hasn't done anything in my mind that has been 
really successful in a very in a little while. Um, she she's had a couple of things like like Girls Trip, but that was again five years ago. Um, you know, I, I Wanda Sykes. I don't know the last time Wanda Sykes was relevant. Um, in, in like the big culture, I mean, granted Wanda Sykes is a great comedian. She's, she's a fantastic comedian, been one for a very long time, but I don't know that she's really relevant anymore. And Amy Schumer dropped off very quick. She's very divisive and she had her moment back in 2015, 16, 17, and then has really dropped off. She does have a new show coming out, but even then I don't know that I'm that excited for it. So Mm I'm not, I don't think this is a very inspired choice if I were to be able to say that. They're not, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you know, they're not A-listers. They're not, they're definitely don't draw a crowd. Like you don't put on the Oscars to see the three of them. I, I'm with you. Um, so yeah, I can, I definitely agree with you on, on that. You know what was sad? I didn't know. I don't know if you saw this, but you know who they actually almost had locked in and the three of them said yes and they couldn't. Because they're record, they're filming season two. They had Steve Martin, Selena Gomez, and Martin Short. They mm. had said yes, and they were they were right there, and they couldn't because of scheduling conflicts because of season two. And everybody on film Twitter was like, "Lock them in for next year. Lock them in." Because I think the three of them would have been really good. The three of them would have been funny. I think that would have been a really good thing because you know the reliability of the comedy that they have. Yeah, it, it translates like Steve Martin is hosted the Oscars before. So yes, it, it's, and it's worked. It's been quite successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you bring in Selena Gomez, it can attract younger viewers as well, which is something that I think with this group too, this trio, I don't know who they're aiming for in this demographic. You know, are they aiming for like middle-aged women? I don't really understand who they're aiming for with this group of people. They're not really, they're not looking to attract a wider audience of, of bringing older people back to the Oscars to excite them to, to watch it. They're not exciting young people. Like, I don't know that any of my students or anybody in that the age range and Gen Z is going to be like, oh yeah, let's get one of these. Let's, let's watch these people. They're not following them on Instagram or on uh, mm-hmm. TikTok. You know, it's, it's just a weird thing. I mean, that's a weird thing to be like measuring our, our, our demographics for, for like understanding how popular someone is, but I don't, I just don't think it's a very inspired choice. That's all. I mean, it, it's a reality. We know that the reason they're trying to do all these crazy things is because to, they want to raise ratings. I personally don't think that ratings are going to go up all that much, no matter who hosts, no matter what is nominated. Um, you know, this is not 1998 when 45 million people tuned into see Titanic win. People consume TV in different ways. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, um, you know, I'm. So, you know, I love the Oscar, so I'm going to enjoy the ceremony. I'm going to watch it no matter what. But I do agree with you that I I, although I do like these two of these three and I'm excited for this new format to see if it works or not. They are not people that are going to draw in audiences. I mean, that's really the thing for me. I mean, we're going to you and I are not the people where they're targeting here. We're going to watch the Oscars regardless. Yeah. You know, we're definitely going to watch it. But it's it's the fact that these people are not drawing in many people. I don't think they're the most exciting people to see on stage. Uh, And you know, the Oscars are already suffering because they pick movies that nobody's seen. So that's a struggle there anyway. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how it's going to really run down, but you know, we'll see, we'll see when the ceremony comes out in March 27th, how exciting it really is. So we'll, we'll check that out. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. So we're, we're going to, we're going to check it out for sure. Of course. Let's move on. Let's pivot to the, uh, the trailers, things that I am really excited for. So the Super Bowl, we said this before we ha- talked a little about this last week, how excited we were to see some trailers. We missed on a couple of things that I thought were going to be there. I really thought there'd be a, a new Top Gun trailer. There was actually a Top Gun commercial, commercial. for a car before, yeah. but that I don't, I'm not really counting that. But we did get a couple of trailers. I have six that I want to talk about, five of which are movies and one of which is a television show. <laughs> Um, but let's start at the top, right? So the first trailer I want to talk about is a sequel. It's the only, it's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. This trailer dropped. It was kind of funny because, I mean, it's it's a kid's movie and it dropped in the middle of it and played into the football theme of it all. So I thought that was really clever and, and cute. But what are you thinking about this movie? I mean, I think the first one was quite successful. What do you think of this new one? I'm excited. I, I love the first one. Sonic, the, fir- the first Sonic movie was the last movie I saw before the world ended. Um, so it'll always have a special place in my heart <laughs> for that reason alone. No, I thought the first one was fun. It's it's actually, I would say it's actually really good. It's a good movie. Um, Jim Carrey's fantastic. I'm excited for this. I like that they know 
what this is, which is a video game movie. If you see the trailers, it looks like a video game movie. Like there are in this new trailer, you see them go through levels. Like it looks like they're going through levels, just like the game. You know, it's fun. It's ridiculous. Jim Carrey is doing Jim Carrey in the 90s, which I love. That's what was one of my favorite things from the first one. So, yeah. And I will always say this. I know it's not happening for the second, but it happened for the first. Any studio and movie that goes back and spends I don't know how many million dollars to fix the design of a character because fans hated it deserve our support. And I think Sonic did that with that first movie. Good yeah. on them. And I'm going to keep... um doing this and i think they already um greenlit a third one without the second one um even coming out nice i mean i i thought the trailer was really fun uh we get introduced to we know tails is coming into this Mm -hmm. one so that's really exciting for fans of the characters and we also get knuckles who's a good villain here and knuckles is voiced by idris elba Elba. so it'll be really cool to see and we also get the, the full version of Dr. Robotnik in this one with the, the big bald head and the giant bushy mustache. mustache. Finally, yep. we we're getting that throughout the whole movie here. So that's really exciting. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey's going for it. And I think it's just going to be fun. I mean, the first one was really fun and exciting. I, I would recommend it for, especially if you have kids, just check it yeah. out. I think it's on Hulu right now. Um, it, it's, it's really fun. And this just looks like a fun time. So it could be a good, fun family movie to, to go out for. And Knuckles, um, I think yesterday was Investor Day at Paramount. They announced everything. Knuckles is getting a TV series with Idris Elba to um, reply, um, keeping his role. And Sonic 3 was greenlit. So, yeah, I'm excited cool. for it. What about The Atom Project? This is the new Ryan Reynolds film that's coming out on Netflix in like a couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on that? It's Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds in a Ryan Reynolds movie. Sure. I think that's all we really need to address with that. That sounds about right. Um, that's it. We have another movie. The new. We got our first look at Jordan Peele's new film, the movie that's coming out over the summer called Nope. And this movie is definitely a movie that looks perfect for Jordan Peele fans. You know, it looks like a great, it's a great cast. Uh, it, it looks creepy. They said, you know, if nothing else, Jordan Peele is really good at setting the mood. Yes. You know, his, his trailers, his films, are really, really genre-based, and they set a mood, and he's very, very good at it. And it does. It, it sets the mood right from the beginning. This is a creepy thriller of in a horror film. It, it looks really, really well done. What are your thoughts for this one? I'm a huge Jordan Peele fan. I love Get Out. I think Us is fantastic. I love Us more than um, Get Out. Um, yeah, this is just like you said, Jordan Peele setting the mood. Um, something that I love about his trailers is that the trailers always confuse you. You have no idea what's going on with these movies. And I think that's a cool thing for audiences because you're like, I need to see this to see what's going on. Based on that trailer, I assume we might get aliens, which is something different for him. If that's what it gets, if what we get, um, but yeah, I'm good. I'm a huge fan of Kiki Palmer. Um, you know, Daniel Kaluuya is back working with him. Um, recent Oscar winner from last year. Um, Steven Young, Oscar nominated actor from last year. So I, it's, it's, it's right up my alley, you know, me and horror. So yeah, give me all the horror bloody things that Jordan Peele is going to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it looks really good. I have no intention whatsoever of seeing this movie. So um, nope is a nope for you? <laughs> yeah, it's a definite nope for me. Um, definitely not going to see it, but it looks really good. I mean, I can appreciate a good horror film and understand that like the mechanics that go into it and the, the skill and of craftsmanship that it, it takes to craft a really, truly great horror film. I understand that and appreciate it. I just have no desire whatsoever to watch them because I don't like scary movies. I hate the feeling of being scared. And when they do it well, I even, I hate it even more. That's, that's the problem, <laughs> you know? Wow. So I, I give it respect, but I'll respect it from a distance. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> uh, the, ne- the next one we have is another sequel. It's, Jurassic World Dominion, which is apparently the end to the Jurassic era. So oh, we got like 65 million years ago, that era. Well, we're going to get uh crustaceous world or, you know, that's what we're going to get next. Oh, fun times. I think they're going to do that. That's, that's, that's the, the next, next one. plan. I think Universal's Greenland, the Cretaceous park. It just doesn't have the same theme, same ring. No. So we got the trailer for this. We have the return of, everybody's coming back. Jeff Goldblum is back. Sam Neill is back. Laura Dern is back. We have them back, ready to go, 
to join up with the uh, the new Jurassic World crew to, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. This is a weird trailer to me. I, I don't know how excited I am to see it. Uh, I thought the last Jurassic World was terrible. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I thought was was pretty terrible for a lot of different issues that it had. But I, I don't know. I'm kind of excited because I like Sam Neill a lot. And I, I'm a big fan of Jeff Goldblum. Wilder and, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, Laura Dern is in this, I guess. Uh, Absolutely. Source. Oscar winner, Emmy winner, get her and everything. I'm a huge Laura Dern fan. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's exciting that they're back. I think that's kind of cool, but I don't know exactly what they're going to be able to do. Like, I don't know why they're back. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. Like also the whole trailer is like dinosaurs in the snow. And my, my thought was that dinosaurs don't really live in the, in the snow, you know, like they're cold blooded animals. So wouldn't they, or are they, I mean, we don't actually know if they're cold blooded or not. Um, Life finds a way, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Evan really... told us that in the first one, and they use his voice in this trailer at the beginning. Well, no, he doesn't say that in the first one. That's the problem. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that's Goldblum. That's a that. Goldblum yeah. line. It says that's a Goldblum line. It says yeah. life uh finds a way. That's the quote. Life uh the uh is important. Life uh finds a way. That's the, that's what <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's a, no, that's a I'm, I'm ex- listen, I, you said it's pretty terrible. I think Falling Kingdom is atrocious, actually. I think it's yeah. horrible. It's the only Jurassic movie I've never rewatched. I've only seen it once. Because um, even I love Jurassic Park 3. I actually think it's really fun. I love um, Lost World. I love the first Jurassic World. Um, but I'm not going to lie. This trailer pumped me up. Like, I'm really excited to see it. I know it's mostly because the original trio is back together. Um, you know, when we see them in the trailer, I'm like, yes, 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 they're back. Um, and we have now, uh, uh, you know, an, uh, a new little creature to the baby universes of IP. So now we have baby blue. So that's, I'm also excited for baby blue. We Listen, also have, we also have a, a baby version of a clone version of some character that, that we got from the last movie that was really creepy and i don't yep. understand how nobody is talking about the fact there's a clone running there's around a clone with dinosaur no one's DNA. talking about it yeah no one's talking about this why is nobody talking about it it was like the weirdest thing that was so, the stupidest movie yeah. uh, so i'm excited like just to see them um i I've, I've always been fascinated by dinosaurs so i love it i will say this and i can't believe that i'm going to say this are we really analyzing a dinosaur movie but yes um story-wise it's gonna be interesting what they do because dinosaurs now live among us like and you can't go and rally them and put them back in a cage but so like how is the movie gonna end are you literally many, gonna go and kill all of them how many dinosaurs really escaped from that like kingdom though they're really i mean it couldn't have been that many i mean it wasn't but like it, what but, maybe like a hundred and then all of a sudden within like five years they're just running all over the place going nuts like across the entire globe life it just doesn't up, make any sense life <laughs> up finds a way so there you go there you go i'm i'm interested to see what sam neil does with his accent work because uh according to the trailer i have no clue what he's going for here because in the making of Jurassic Park, he started off with an American accent and then Steven Spielberg was like, could you just not do an American accent and just try to try something because his American accent was really bad. And they're like, can you try something else? And he tried like a hybrid of his American slash New Zealand accent and it kind of worked through it. In this one, I don't know what he's going for. I have no clue what just, he's doing. At this point, don't do an accent. Just do spark, speak in your normal voice. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's even capable of doing that anymore. <laughs> he's wow, just, he's just going for something. I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, this is the problem. Jurassic Park is a five star movie for me, absolutely hands down five star, um, borderline perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Everything since has been less successful, and I'm a little nervous for this. I hope it lands well, and we do end this series, and we're done. Just be done but, with this Jurassic to, Park. To, and I and I agree with you. Jurassic Park is up there, like near a near perfect movie. I mean, but when you swing that hard and actually hit that home run, I don't think anything you do, no matter, you know, it's what is it? What's the saying? You can't catch lightning in a bottle, something like that, or twice, whatever. You you're not gonna have the same level of success, or or not success, because obviously they've had success. But you know what I'm saying? You're never yeah, gonna. Yeah. You're never. They're never gonna give us that first jurassic park ever that's just not going to happen it's basically impossible 
I do hope that I do hope, like she says in the very first one, dinosaur eats Chris Pratt, Laura Derns inherits the earth. That's what I'm waiting for. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's that is that is part of it. I mean, Chris Pratt's character, he he's now just a meh type of person. I don't know. I like Chris Pratt, but he's he's cooled off a lot, I would say, mm. in the past like couple of years. He's really yeah. cooled down. Something that someone and something that's not cooled down. Benedict Cumberbatch coming for coming in hot in the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness hot. trailer. Oh my God, this trailer dropped, and I immediately muted the TV because after it dropped, it said full trailer online. I muted the TV and watched the trailer online, and this trailer was just epic. This is exactly what um, the MCU needed to mm-hmm. spark it back into into overdrive. Yes. No Way Home, I think, was a tremendous success. Spider-Man No Way Home, very, very big success. And I think the success of it actually scared the MCU and was like, dude, we need to do some more reshoots. Besides the fact they already had to rewrite the script because they moved the, the catalog and the schedule around, yep. they felt like we need to up it a little bit more. So I think mm-hmm. I heard that there, some of the reshoots were adding more cameos to this, more little nuggets mm-hmm. of information that made it more and more exciting. And this trailer did not disappoint. It is going to be a very different movie from anything we've seen before from this trailer. It looks a bit darker. I don't think it's going to be as dark as everyone's hoping it is. Like a no, true, it's still MCU. Yeah, it's it's still yeah, it's still an MCU movie. So it'll it'll be as dark as it can get within mm-hmm. the context of the MCU. But I think it's going to be a crazy movie. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is a truly terrific actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's Academy Award nominated and there's an outside chance he could win the Academy Award this year and yes. star in one of the biggest movies of the year. You know, I think it looks outrageous and I'm definitely, definitely excited for this one. I mean, every word you said, it looks fantastic. Like you, uh, you said it, you know, Spider-Man was great, but MCU has not had the best two years apart from their TV shows, I think. Um, and they needed something big. And I, I think this is the one, I think this is the movie that's going to define MCU going forward. Um, it just looks crazy. It looks crazy. Like Wanda, everything looks crazy. And of course, for people who didn't, obviously I read spoilers. Uh, so I know you didn't know, but that voice, when that person, that voice comes in the trailer, um, it is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you if you got to check out the trailer. I mean, we're talking about it, so you can watch the trailer right now. But it seems like Patrick Stewart's voice is clearly in it, yeah. and we see and you see him rolling. We see in a silhouette of no, we see a silhouette of a bald man. Mm-hmm. So we don't know, now. We have no idea if this is truly confirmed that it is Professor Xavier in some sort of variant uh, going into this. But you know, why would it not be? Are you going to recast Professor Xavier? I mean, it is his voice, Patrick isn't it? Still- Oh, it is. It's Patrick Stewart, hundred percent. So, but I'm just wondering, like, are they going to possibly play him as someone else? Because he can't. It'd be so difficult for fans I mean, to detach him from yeah. the character. I think that would be a really big stretch. You know, like that's like Hugh Jackman came in and was like, "I'm going to play Iron Man now." Like that would just be weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, mean, I think be, that would be to really be strange. Fair, they did bone us with one division and oh, mr that, boner <laughs> yeah, yeah that was a that was a dumb joke that was a so, really dumb but joke. but i don't but, think they'll do that i think they learned from that and i don't think they'll 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 do that this time around yeah i don't i don't think it would be a joke like that but i mean it'd be really interesting but i've heard some outrageous rumors about this movie um in terms of the cameos i mean yeah. it looks like captain marvel showing up at some point it looks like we're getting also the uh the other character i can't think of her the character's name because i don't actually Oh, america remember. we got america for america in this one Yep. So uh, we're getting that character. We get we're... the Illuminati, which is the voice when he shows up and he's like, let's tell him the truth. And we see like these chairs in this temple. Yeah. Those we don't the... see who's sitting in those chairs. Yeah. I did hear a rumor about who one of those people is, by the way. There are there's rumors for four for the five of them because it's supposed to be five. And we know one, which is Professor X. And potentially. 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 Look at these what, are all potentially. We don't know. What rumors? The, what, are the, one of you... what are the rumors I heard today, which got me really pumped up because it's his year this year. Um, it was Tom Cruise. <laughs> so, you heard this one? Yeah. So, had, the, so the rumor was Tom Cruise was going to be there playing a variant of, Tob- of Tony Stark. Yeah. And I was like, yes, let's go. So Put that's, Tom that's Cruise a rumor. We have the biggest movies of the year. Let's go. I'm the, so, yep. so ready. I love him. That's one of the what rumors. Is, you want to add commitment now? 
okay, he's going to be, he's going to be like, look, you need to build me a suit. Like really build me one. Don't worry. I'll pay for it. It's fine. And I will fly it around. I'll do all the flying myself. I would love <laughs> it. You know, that's, that's what I want in these MCU movies. Just take it to the next level. You know, that's who you really need to have. In here. <laughs> yeah. It looks, it looks great. It looks insane. I'm excited. And for people who were complaining, oh, they showed too much. Um, hold your horses. Cause the rumors are that this movie is insane with cameos insanely filled with reveals and what the trailer gave us is just scratching the surface of what this movie is going to be yeah it's going to be pretty nuts and i'm ready for it i'm ready to get ready down for it and we'll do a couple episodes probably getting in prepared for this maybe we'll do a, a countdown of our favorite mcu movies and rank them that sounds like a good idea for a preview for this that'd be cool that could be fun maybe best characters we could do a whole whole like uh Shindy oh absolutely this. so all this is, is uh, more hashtag content, you know? <laughs> wow. Sp- speaking of hashtag content, we have something we need to talk about. There's a, there's an Amazon in the room here. Uh, it's entering into the, the, the highbrow businesses here. Um, and that's the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. This trailer dropped during the Super Bowl. We've been talking about it. They, they released the name. The Lord of the Rings colon the Rings of Power, which is a very long title for something. And uh, we got a bunch of poster leaks last week. We talked about that a little bit uh, with middling success in those posters. Lots of very clean looking people, which is weird, but um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and then we got the trailer. I was sitting with a couple of friends watching the watching the Super Bowl, and I knew I, every time there was a new commercial break, I'm like, guys, shut up. There's going to be a trailer every single time and then finally there was one for the lord of the rings the rings of power and as soon as it started i was like yes i know what this is i know exactly what it is i could tell by just the aesthetic you know and it does these cool flyovers and these really epic landscapes and i'm like oh my god we're getting it this is exciting this is really exciting and i got really excited i told them people to shut up like you know i'm watching this and, and like everybody was dead quiet and then we started seeing the characters and, and some of the aesthetics of what they're doing. And I, I, I didn't silently, I screamed no <laughs> watching it and got really, really disappointed uh, in, in, in the way this, this looks uh, as, as I've stated many times, and it's been pretty clear. I'm a very big fan of the Lord of the Rings. I've read the books, uh, all of the books. I've read the Silmarillion twice, three times, actually I've read the Silmarillion. I'm a very, very big fan of this. I've read all the appendices, I'm a super fan uh, a huge fan of the movies. Um, I think The Hobbit is a is a miss in terms of quality of films. It does not the movies. Live, yes, okay. the movie. Yeah, yeah. I own fifteen copies of the book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was so going to say you say, collect I'm a the very books. Big fan. <laughs> I collect. I collect that book. Um, I think The Lord of the Rings is a, is an absolutely phenomenal movie series. That trilogy is one of the best trilogies of all time, if not the best uh, trilogy of all time. And then the Hobbit ones, I think, were less successful because I think they. They missed on, you know, the story, story-wise, I'm okay with it. It's it's the Hobbit, but exploded. I'm okay with that. I think aesthetic-wise, they went in a different direction. They, they went in a slightly different direction. The, the planning was rushed due to issues surrounding a director whose name is Guillermo del Toro. That's the reason I don't like him. Oscar uh, because winner. Because of the fact, sure, that's great. He won an Oscar and ruined the Hobbit. That's fine. He um, didn't direct them. I know he didn't, but he did all the pre-production. So if you don't know the reason I'll just I'll go into this really quickly. Now, the reason I don't like Guillermo del Toro is because he was originally slotted to direct the Hobbit, went through all of the pre-production and all of this stuff and decided to take a very different vision for what's going to happen within the Hobbit. Right. Just there were a bunch of delays that were going on because of different financing issues in the sale of MGM. I think it was. Ultimately, he decides to leave the project. And like just leaves them just before they're about to shoot. He decides I'm going to leave and go shoot Pacific Rim. Sure. Don't know why this puts Peter Jackson in a really bad spot. He was just a producer, had to step in and was like, okay, can we actually do this the right way? A different way, the way I wanted to, to envision like the Lord of the Rings and the production company were like, no, well, we'd spend all this money that he suggested. So let's just keep his vision. And it made it look terrible. So I don't like the Hobbit. I don't like the, the, the style of it. I think, they tried to keep some of the ideas of Lord of the Rings, like the, the some of the set design and things like that. But the costumes start to get a little bit too wonky. I think they made the dwarves look a little bit more ridiculous. And that, unfortunately, we're getting similar dwarves in this series. 
Um, you know, the dwarves don't look like Gimli, who I think looks awesome in all the dwarves that you see in in the Lord of the Rings, even though there aren't many. It's Gimli and then a couple other ones who are at the Council of Elrond. Um, but now all of a sudden, all the dwarves have like big noses that are very clear and clean and look like they've been, you know, at, just out of the shower and ready for a photo shoot. They well, have they blowouts the in their spa. hair. They came from the spa. Yeah, they've got blowouts and all of this stuff and look really well kept. Uh, whereas Gimli looks like he's been mining all day and actually quite dirty and in a person. Um, they, they went a little too clean in this. And then this series, I just have a little bit of apprehensiveness over because of, again, some of the way it looks. It looks to me, it's not that I'm against CGI. Okay. I, I Everything uses CGI. The Lord of the Rings used CGI. All of these shows use CGI. Dune, which looks amazing, uses CGI, you know? It's the it's the level to which they use it and how they've morphed it into something that doesn't look realistic. Like I think the Lord of the Rings movies look like something you can live in. They look like a real place. You know, when you go to Hobbiton, it looks like a real place. When they're in Rohan, it looks like a real place. You know, even when they're traveling over the mountains, it looks real. They're going through the swamps. It looks like, oh, this is a place that people go to. It looks like a real place. In this, there's this glow effect that's going on to make everything look fantastical. And it just doesn't look real. And that takes me out of the lore of it all. It doesn't feel old. It doesn't feel like it's a myth. It feels like it's high fantasy, which doesn't isn't really what I wanted from the series. You know, even the, the Hobbit that we see in the very beginning, well, it's technically not a Hobbit. It's a barefoot, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, they're the precursors to Hobbits because remember this takes place 3000 years before the Lord of the Rings. And actually what's annoying is the Hobbits are technically not supposed to be doing anything at this time. So it's annoying that they decided to add them into it, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> it. I have just a lot of concern with the, the way the characters look. Now, to be clear, I have only seen the trailer. So I am being a little bit hypercritical because I'm a big fan. Um, I'm definitely going to give this a shot. I'm not going to count it out yet. I'm not going to count it out yet because I haven't seen a single character talk on screen yet. So I'm going to give it a little bit of a shot. But uh, I do have a lot of concerns going into it. <laughs> How are you feeling about it? Um, I mean, you can do an entire episode on the trailer alone. Um, I mean, I, I love Lord of the Rings. I've read the books many times. I've read The Hobbit a gazillion times. Um, I'm not as hypercritical because I know it's like that's your thing. Like what Harry Potter is to me and Kayla is what Lord of the Rings is to you. Um, I personally don't like the trailer. I've seen it a few times now. I'm not a fan. And the reason is basically because of what you said. It's giving me the Hobbit vibes, and I am not a fan of the Hobbit, um, the Hobbit movies. Um, so it's giving me that just fakeness. It looks very Marvel. The trailer looks Marvel CGI, mm -hmm. and I'm like, and it's exactly what you said. It's just, this. This isn't Lord of the Rings. This is this is the magic of practicality and practical effects and stuff. And I'm like, that's what makes the original Lord of the Rings such a masterpiece and so glorious. And those movies used CGI, but come on, it's, it, you hit the nail on the head. I'm not going to spend on it. Those movies look like they, they're, they can exist. It's a real world. This does not, I'm not excited for this. As of now, based on the trailer, it doesn't look that good to me. Yeah, I have a lot of apprehensiveness. I mean, I think, you know, Game of Thrones did a good job of this. Game of Thrones uses a lot of CGI. They use a lot of practical effects, but they, they you know, it's a very expensive TV show. Mm -hmm. And I think it was successful in that it looked like a real place. My issues are some of these places don't look real. The characters don't look, they look too clean. They look a little more polished. Some of the issues I have too, right off the bat, were the fact that we are reintroducing two characters. The two main characters apparently of the show are Elrond and Galadriel two characters that we are very familiar with. We have a vision of what they look like and how, you know, somewhat attractive they are, you know, like Kate Blanchett did a phenomenal job playing Galadriel and she looks stunning. She has a particular look. She has a particular delivery. She has everything dialed in on this character, Hugo weaving as Elrond, you know, I don't understand why they're trying to play a quote unquote young Elrond in this. Cause there's a, there's a guy who's playing Elrond. You might, uh, it's a, uh, 
Robert Aramis or Ar- Aram- Arameo. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry to Mr. Arameo, but uh, he you might know him as the younger version of Ned Stark in like four episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. The really awkward looking dude with a weird chin. Um, I don't know. It's weird because he's you know supposed to be playing the same character Hugo Weaving is playing. And I don't know if you know this about elves, but they live forever. So mm-hmm. the character is supposed to be 6,000, 7,000 years old. And he looks the exact same the whole time. I don't know why you want to go young. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I have some concerns with those characters in particular. I think they could, they had a great opportunity to go with a lot of different characters. You know, you don't need to pin it around two characters we already know by name. You know, it's Lord of the Rings. It sells itself. Um, You don't need to bring in characters that we're supposed to be quote unquote familiar with and show like arc changes. These, these are dwarves, you know, I know it's supposed to take place over or sorry, elves. It takes place over like a thousand years, this series, apparently. Um, yeah, it's actually supposed to take place over thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the for a correction. Thousands. We don't need to see an arc changing. I mean, elves don't change. They they don't change at all uh, over this long period of time. That's the whole thing with elves. That's why they're miserable. That's actually part of the lore of Lord of the Rings. They are miserable. They don't do anything. That's why they're they're miserable. Uh, it's the humans who do things, and there seems like there's not a lot of humans that are cast in this. We get a lot of some weird looking dwarves. We get some elves that are going to be throughout it um and we even get some precursors to um hobbits here which is a miss too but that's you know look i'm giving it a lot of crap right off the bat and i'm being really really harsh but that's purely because i love the franchise so much i'm doing it out of love i love this franchise i want it to succeed um i've heard from a critic who was talking about this trailer and she was saying that she, she's also a huge fan. And she was saying she actually got an opportunity to see the first three episodes and was satisfied. So I'm going to take her, her word for this. I, you know, it's someone who I think has a bit of weight. So I, I will take her word and wait and hold true judgment until I've actually seen it. Okay. I'm not going to say this is a terrible show until I've seen it, but right now I have apprehensiveness. That's, that's pretty much where I'm at for this. Fun times. So please don't hate me, all you people who are really excited about it. I I am excited. I just don't want to be all in on it yet. You got you got to wait. <laughs> and well, we have to be all in. There's going to be three seasons of it, so at least confirmed already. They have to do three seasons. It's confirmed by their contract, and it will be the most expensive television show ever made. Bezos has you know, you know, all the money in the world, so it doesn't matter to him. You know, maybe it's maybe we'll give it an award someday of like, where did all the money go? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, or we could be giving it, you know, some of those Emmys for best uh, drama series. I mean, I don't know. It could be fantastic. We really have no idea. So I just need uh, just I'll give it some time. I'll give it some time. We need it to start. That's what, he, what what it is. We yeah. need this show to start. That's all. I think we need season one. After season one, they'll get the feedback they hopefully need and, you know, make any improvements that they need to make. But aren't so, they shooting it consecutively? Sure. But uh, um, I'm going to just hope that they can do reshoots and fix the problems in post, which everything does um, fair. And, and fix it, you know. So we'll see. I mean, I, granted, look, it could be fantastic. I have no idea. I have no idea. I can't really say it's a bad show because I've not seen it. So I want to be clear about that. I, I'm hoping that it's great. I'm really hoping it's great. Amazon, if you're listening to this, you know, if someone on one of your executives is listening, let me in on it. I will sell the shit out of this. You know what I'm saying? If I watch one episode, I will sell the shit out of it if it's good. So, I mean, just if you want to give me that sneak preview, I'm all, I'm all ears. <laughs> wow. Speaking of uh, shows that have a lot of hype and we have no idea if they are successful, you'll find out if next is successful because we're going to talk about the book of Boba Fett right after a quick break. So we're back to talk about the book of Boba Fett. I'm calling this a book report. Do you guys remember book reports? Do you remember book reports back in like middle school, seventh grade? Yeah, that's when you wrote one. Do you remember any of the books you wrote a book report on? No, <laughs> not not a single book. You don't remember any of them? Probably. I don't know. And Frank, maybe. I don't know. I think I read a book called Staying Fat for Sarah Burns. And I remember that book from ninth grade. I think I wrote a book report on it. 
Anyway, that's just a story of my own. We're doing a book report <laughs> on the book of Boba Fett here. Uh, we're going to break it down a little bit. We just finished the new se- the season ended last week. We have the season finale. Uh, it's only seven episodes, so it's a really short season. Um, for the series that was you know widely hyped in the newest version of the saga, the Star Wars saga, our only it's our our second live show in the Star Wars universe. So people were very excited about this with a absolutely beloved character in Boba Fett. And uh, the season just ended after seven-ish episodes. So right off the bat, let's see. What, what were your initial reactions to the show? Before seeing it or just after? after like, what are your reactions? Reactions to it. Yeah, after seeing it. Um, it, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> you know, as, 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 as literally someone who has an R2-D2 behind me, uh, who literally has tattoos of Star Wars in his body, it's just, it, it just wasn't good. I think it has good elements to it. I thought they, I give them props for trying something different. I just think it didn't land. And I think they made a huge mistake, huge, huge mistake in the middle of the season that we will definitely talk about in a few minutes. Um, but no, I, I was not, I, it just, I, it just didn't work. It, it, it didn't work. Um, it came in with expectations of two seasons of Mandalorians before it, you know, people love that show, huge, huge Emmy winner, huge knockout for star Wars. And I just, I, I, I don't think it worked. I don't think we need a second season. Um, and I think something that I really think it hurt was that I Boba Fett became in Star Wars world, just this huge beloved character who, if you really think about it, isn't that much in the original series. He's in Not a couple of scenes and that's it. I, and I, I was one of the people, yes, give me the show. I'm excited. I want to see what they do with it, with him after she seeing it. And you know, hindsight is 2020. I think we would have been better left off with the mystique of Boba Fett rather than seeing what we got. I now can definitely say that Boba Fett had more appeal that mystique unknown persona rather than, you know, this version of Boba Fett. I would say the same thing. I mean, I'm really on the same boat. I think the man, the Mandalorian set us up for this idea of like super successful Star Wars series. I think it, it, there's no doubt, no denying whatsoever that the Mandalorian is a success. That show was very cool. It was exciting. It had, awesome characters it had just good writing and was visually i think really cool they did a really good job of establishing different worlds and different uh, landscapes and expanding the star wars universe i think that the mandalorian unfortunately took all of the ideas that we associated and put onto boba fett you know this idea of the we, we boba fett has no real personality in the series he has absolutely nothing. He doesn't do anything. You know, all he does in the series is he shows up, stands in the back corner of some of the scenes, and then walks Han Solo into Jabba the Hutt's like kingdom. That's all he does. That's all he does. And then gets like knocked off by he gets bumped off of the, the platform and falls into the Sarlacc pit. That's what happens. He gets bumped off. It's really yeah. cheesy. But we've we've ascribed such cool stories to this character and we've, mm-hmm. we've come up with all of these stories in our own mind about who he was, where he comes from, what's this, what's this cool story that it kind of like in, in the Mandalorian kind of steals that uh, story and makes it, and we see all that, all the stuff that we thought was cool about him. That's what the Mandalorian was. And then all of a sudden we get to meet, we're like, Oh man, we're getting now a story about the OG Mandalorian. We're talking about Boba Fett. You know, this is an iconic character one that everybody loves, everybody knows the name of. And what, we, what we've all built up in our brains was not what was translated onto the screen. You know, because from the first episode, he's, he's no longer cool. He just becomes kind of lame. Yep. And, and that's the, that was my expectation. That was actually my reaction to the whole show. It seemed pretty lame. It seemed like they were stuck in second gear the whole time. You know, it, it did not, it didn't just did not live up to my expectations. You know, my expectations were, this is going to be like, you know, the Mandalorian. And I knew that they were going to try something different and I'm all for trying something different. I thought this was going to be a cool, like crime Lord show, you know, that was going to be him sitting there and trying to, you know, reorganize the crime syndicates of the, of the hut family. Right. You know, and like, I'm like, this is a really cool concept. And even in the first episode, they kind of oh, touched on that. 
yeah. and they went back to Tuscan Raider idea, which I was like, okay, this is fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Then they kept, then they went back again in the second episode and he didn't do anything in the second episode really that was exciting. And then the third episode, they, they, they kept doing that. And then I was like, what are we doing? And it just, it just started to get kind of weird and corny and not really exciting. And he doesn't do anything. There's no syndicate to control. It's just him and Fennec who are just running around and doing nothing. They have them and the two pig people. I don't know what their characters, what, what are their kind of characters? Do you know what they are? Is they like um, their names? What, no, not their names, but the type of pigs there. I don't know. Anyway, you get these pig guards that are there. You have them and then Fennec and Boba and like, that's it. Like these four people. Are supposed to, that's what they are. Gamorians. They're supposed to run the entire syndicate. It just doesn't seem like it's practical. And then like, they're like, there's a great scene when Steven Root, who has now become the king of showing up in literally everything. Um, if you don't know, Steven Root is the guy who delivers the best line, the, the most key line in the entire series where he says, nobody respects you, right? When he says that, that sets the groundwork for the rest of the series. And nobody respects Boba throughout the entire series for a good reason. There's no reason he should be respected. Why should he be respected? He doesn't do anything. He threatens to kill someone, you know, like in the beginning, he drops him into the pit with the monster. Right. And he's, and the guy's like, oh my God, this is terrifying. And we're all like, oh my God, this is really exciting. He's going to get eaten by this monster, opens it up and nothing's there. Yep. And he just says, you can go now. Like, what is that? It's so stupid. And then in the third episode, which is the worst episode of the series by far, the third episode is, is by far the worst episode of this series or any, many series I've seen in a long time. That's the one where the, uh, the power Rangers show up. You know, the Power Rangers come in with yep. characters who are wildly out of character for anything that's going on. Um, you have some like weird Trent Alexander Arnold type looking character with an eyeball, like a like an eyeball thing with this like fancy suit. You have this edgy teenage girl who thinks that she's Kristen Stewart and doing she's, her best impersonation of it. She's literally she's Carly like, J. Repson. She looks like Carly J. Repson. It doesn't make any sense. And then they ride around on like these powder puff scooters. I don't get it. Um, and then you have in that in that same episode, you have the worst car chase I've ever seen filmed. I'm talking like I've seen a lot of car chases. Okay. Uh, like a lot. And that was probably the worst one because it was like probably a 25 mile an hour car chase, maybe 20 miles an hour. And they sped it up. Okay. This isn't 1972. <laughs> all right where the like they needed to do that to make things look fast because the cars were unsafe or going around corners this is 2021 when they made this it looked horrible and i was just so disappointed and i i didn't expect that out of this you know all we got such high quality out of the whole star wars saga and you know i think the mandalorian was so good at this and we had these awesome bikes we have these awesome vehicles and then you have these weird powder puff power rangers shiny mopeds that these people are flying Bright around neon on. collars metallic was, chrome they don't have a speck of sand in them talk about lord of the rings being clean like those yeah. like they went they go to most espas car wash daily it was pathetic it was pathetic so those things really ki like killed me and then there i mean there were so many other things too that just didn't work for me in this show um i think you know i was really disappointed that the, the dynamic they had where they were just like, Hey, so, you know, you're Boba Fett. So that's cool because you can take your, uh, you could take your, your helmet off. Right. Which is really cool because like in, in the Mandalorian, you know, we don't, we never see Pedro Pascal. There's actually yeah. rumors that Pedro Pascal has never showed up to set. In that <laughs> movie. You know, he doesn't actually go there because you know, he, he doesn't need to, because you never see his face. Well, in this, they're like, Hey, we, we have a good actor, you know, Temero Morrison is a really good actor. And he stars in this and he takes the helmet off. We can watch him act. But look, what we're going to want you to do, uh, Mr. Morrison, is uh, just have no emotion the entire series. <laughs> he has none. There's no emotional response from him at all. And then you take Ming-Na Wen, who is a, also a terrific actress, never wears they her gave mask. Her, they has, gave her nothing to nothing do. Nothing to do. She goes, <sighs> she goes, Boba, can I kill him? And he goes, no. And they gave so, her nothing to do. And she shows no emotion. So you just have the two main characters of this show no emotion. And then you have you add in like a big ass Wookiee, shows no emotion, doesn't do anything cool. Yeah, like has a weird fight scene and then gets uh, 
beat up by the Powerpuff Gang, right? And it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, it was just, I think it was just, it was such a letdown for me uh, because I just was not excited about anything that those characters were doing at all throughout the entire series. Even when he was betrayed, which you saw coming a mile away. Of course. He doesn't show emotion. And it is just like really frustrating because they're both really good actors. Just let them act, you know? And I think the thing you were going to get at, and I'll let you, I'll let you take the lead on this one is in the middle of the series, we end up getting a different show. They put in an episode five and six of the series. We end up having the first two episodes of Mandalorian season three. You know, I'm not even joking when I say that it sounds like a joke, but really it's not. That's the sad part. It's not not, a joke. Boba Fett is not in episode five. five. He's in what is it, 57 seconds of episode six? He is, he is in, in episode six, 59 seconds. Exactly. So do you want to talk about those two episodes, which are phenomenal? Absolutely. Listen, those episodes, episode five and six, um, or like you said, either Mandalorian season three or Mandalorian 2.5. I'm calling it the two, I'm calling it the, 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 the winter special Mandalorian for, for, for next year. Um, you know, those were fantastic episodes. Those were what they gave us were unexpected. We knew because it was confirmed that Mando was showing up in the show. Uh, but for a scene or two, that's what we thought. And then suddenly he has an entire episode to himself and then a second episode to himself. And then in the finale, the best thing about the finale is him. And we know who the baby, um, you know, first episode is fantastic. We see a lot of his lore coming back. I think that episode, it's true what you said, that would have been a perfect season opener for season three, because I think it sets what season three is going to be, which is the whole Mandalore, um, Dark Saber, Bo-Katan storyline. I think that episode as an opener for season three would have been great. Would have been really, really good. Then season five, if you are a Star Wars nerd, that episode was a wet dream for star wars fans we got luke we got r2 we got ahsoka tano which was i think the big surprise of the episode when she shows up interacting with luke skywalker now that's canon we're super excited um but no boba fett there's two scenes that relate in episode six to boba fett and he's in it 59 seconds listen i think and i love those episodes i'm with you those are the best episodes talking and thinking about Boba Fett, the show, I think it was really disrespectful that Disney did that. Knowing what Mandalorian and Grogu are to fans and what that show is to this to, to Star Wars right now, I thought it was really disrespectful that they put those two episodes right in the middle of Boba Fett. And logistically and story-wise, it cuts the show, it cuts the story, it makes no sense story-wise because you could totally just brought him in referring to Mando and just like, oh, we need your help and that's it. Rather than having all those sideline things. Yeah, it's just, I as a, as a, as we, in relation to Boba Fett, I thought it was just an awful decision. What we got was amazing. The best two episodes of the show. And I think it opens up to season three of Mandalorian, to Ahsoka Tano's show coming next year and to the bigger arc of when those shows converge with the big baddie, whoever it may be, which we assume is Thrawn as that is mentioned in season two of Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for that. I think you're on point with this. It was It's really ironic that they add him in and you you call it disrespectful because, you know, the whole thing that Mando's trying to do is garnish more respect. And he's just disrespected in his own TV show. Uh, the Mandalorian episodes were just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that they were really good. I think the thing that was so great is, like you said, the very beginning of that episode, episode five, within the first five minutes, the entire episode changes everything you expected about the show you you it makes you realize that wait because in the very beginning of the scene the first thing that happens in that episode mando walks in shoots a bunch of people cuts a dude in half you beheads know him. and beheads <laughs> someone right like it is an awesome awesome scene he goes in and just kicks ass right yep. that's what he does and then also he goes in he tries to go negotiate about his policy about whatever it is like trying to find these people these Mandalorians mm-hmm. who happen to be on whatever on the Halo planet that he's on, uh, literally he's on a Halo, which also was really cool. <laughs> yeah, but he 
he goes in there and goes and negotiate and they're like, sit down, join us. And he's like, no. And then they're like, no, you're going to join us. And he's like, no, I'm not. And then walks out. And right there in that moment, he's more badass than Boba Fett is. Absolutely. Boba has to talk his way, keep talking, keep talking. And he's, he's just not cool. He doesn't, he doesn't command respect. He demands respect, but doesn't command Command respect, which I think is really important. And it shows a difference here. And, and that show also works with lore really great those episodes work with lore which is really cool yeah backstory of mandalore and what happened i think that was really successful and it just creates this huge foil and and you're totally right they did not need those two episodes to make the book of boba fett nope successful he didn't need those two to be in the book of boba fett we actually didn't need grogu in the book of boba fett which look if we didn't have it I guarantee you so many people would have been upset, like so many people, because the only time Kayla came back down to, to watch it was when I was like, oh, by the way, um, Grogu's in this one. And she's like, oh, my God. And she started like crying and getting really excited when <laughs> Grogu shows up. Uh, my friend texts me. He was watching it with his son and his son started giggling as soon as he comes on. And he was doing the scene where Luke is walking in and he's like move force moving Grogu up. And every single time that he picked up Grogu his son was like just giggling it was so adorable mm-hmm. and it's so it's what it's what they needed for the show to make it successful every star that this thing is getting that this show is getting like every bit of rating that is positive is coming from these two episodes that's why i'm not counting it as part of the show it doesn't really count because mm-hmm. he's not in it it's not connected to it directly um i think that's really unfortunate and it shows why it was so much better even the, the finale the best parts were when mando shows up he actually goes and shoots people he killed yeah. people i i don't like Boba, there to be clear, there was an awesome scene in the finale. I think the the scene when he starts riding whatever the monster is, I don't the rancor. I don't, yeah, yeah, when he starts riding, that was pretty badass. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'll give cool. I'll give him that. That was a cool scene. Uh, he had a couple cool scenes in that, but that uh, and the shooting from the knee and all that that the, like those were cool. When you was, saw him in action, when you saw the Boba yeah. Fett that we wanted to see, because that's the mystique that we all created on ourselves, and um. Obviously, if you go to Clone Wars, I know you haven't seen Clone Wars, the animated show. The real Clone Wars, it's not Boba per se, but we know what Boba becomes throughout Clone Wars because of Yango and all that. So, you know, we have the story. We know what Boba Fett is based on also the extended universe. If it's canon or not, that's another conversation. But Boba is alongside Cad Bane, which we got a live action version of Cad Bane in this show the two most fearsome bounty hunters in the world, in the universe. And that's what they give us. I'm going to, I will rule by with respect. No, you won't. No, you won't. (laughs) I did actually, I did actually like that, uh, that villain in, in the end there. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he would, he looked, he looked pretty awesome. I thought he was a cool looking villain, despite the fact that it went like heavy, heavy in the Western. It was like clear that this was a Western Mm -hmm. uh, take. Uh, I, I do think that was really cool. I think he looked pretty cool and and worked pretty cool. I thought that that yeah. worked. Um, he looked he looked really cool. Yeah. I, I I loved him. I giggled and screamed when he showed up. And for people who and this is just my nerdy side because I know like the extended universe and Clone Wars and Rebels and all that. I understand if you haven't seen those, why you would be upset that he is spoiler. Steve, do I have permission? Three, two, sure. one. Cad Bane is killed at the end, or as of now, we assume he's dead. Yeah. Um, and people are like, but we didn't find anything about him. We don't know who he is. Go watch Clone Wars and Rebels and even Bad Batch that came out earlier last um last year as well. There you see Cad Bane. Like Cad Bane, that's his story. This is just I I I I understand what Filoni did, and this is the ending of Cad Bane that we've always been wanting because we never got the ending of his story in those animated shows. Um, but I think he looked really cool. The live action version of Cad Bane was just really, really cool. So if you want to see why they had such a weird, strained relationship, Boba and him, go watch um Clone Wars, Rebels, and Bad Batch, and you'll understand more. There's a couple of interesting things with like timeline-wise within the Star Wars canon. Um First of all, it's one thing with Fennec. I just want to throw it out there. Uh, Fennec is also really cool in the final because she goes and just randomly. It's kind of strange. She goes to this place. She also abandons them in the middle of this fight, by the way. She abandons yep. them. No, no big deal. And then she ends up in the very end when they're like, oh, we lost. Oh, no, we should get out of here. And she just goes in and savagely murders a bunch of people in, a, in, a, in like a building. Which right. was amazing. Yeah, it's really I cool. I wish we would have gotten that the entire season. It's because the first time she actually gets to do anything. And like that's what's really annoying. She doesn't do anything. And her ad- her character is really badass. 
the fact yeah. you know what i was really surprised in that scene um because we you know blasters and whatever that's happening of course but what i was really surprised <laughs> when she takes the whatever dude and just strings him and you hear the, the mayor neck crack the mayor and yeah. i'm like i'm like holy crap they went yeah. there like we hear his neck just now it was so cool Just Where brutal. was that the entire season? It was so lame. And that's 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 one of the problems you have with this is also they, they're the duo in this. You know, Fennec and Boba are the duo and they're the same character. Pretty much. They're both supposed to be really badass and they're both serious and they don't do anything. So it's really lame and they, they don't really play off of each other really well. And that's why I think the Mandalorian is so much more successful, because, you know, even in that final scene with in the Mandalorian, The Mandalorian is, is serious. He's badass and he's, he's very shoot first, ask questions later, doesn't joke around at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And then his sidekick is Grogu, who all he does is giggle and want snacks and get and ask and for show, a little metal ball. <laughs> and also shows more emotion than any character in, in this entire series, you know, in, in both series. Yeah. You know, he's the most emotional character. So you really can attach to that. There's no emotion in this. And that's the problem. And the other thing I was going to say with the timeline issue is apparently this is supposed to take place. I think it's supposed to be 31 years after the Clone Wars. After that episode, Attack of the Clones, that, that movie. I think it's supposed to be exactly 31 years after, which would make so, yeah. Boba Fett 41. 40, 40 yeah. Okay. 40s. Temra Morrison is uh, like 60. a 60-year-old a man. Also, Ming-Na Wen is, is younger than him. Uh, first of all, she looks fantastic. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, that was say she looks But amazing. Character-wise, she's supposed to be older than Boba Fett. Yeah. Which because like she's a full-grown adult in the Clone Wars because she's yeah. they, they meet in that. And like it doesn't make any sense. So that's a different thing that we don't need to get into that much. But what I do want to what I do want to look at in terms of wrapping up this whole discussion on the book of Boba Fett, because again, I thought it was not very successful really worried if they decide to go with a season two of this but what does this do for the future pro, pro things that we have coming out because we do have future projects you know we have the we have mandalorian season three we have we kenobi have coming in may you we have kenobi we have ahsoka and we have cassian andor film show yes so and we have also and they started doing um the Oh my God, the something of the new of the new republic guardians of the new republic which also comes out next year So we have these coming out. Show. What 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 does this do to 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 this? Because this was underwhelming. What does this do for the future of the series? Listen, honestly, I don't think it does. I don't think it hurts the the future of Star Wars on TV. I honestly don't because you have those two episodes in the middle that I think just save the show. You know, we have to say save the show because those two episodes are part of the show, even though they don't feel like it. So I don't think it hurts. I think people are looking at Mando and Grogu to lead what's going on. I think people are looking at the Clone Wars. I think based that we got Ahsoka, we got Cad Bane, there are rumors that other people are coming in from those. Um, people are looking at cl a Clone Wars and I think people are expecting, if, you're, if, if fans of Star Wars are expecting the live action version of what happened to these characters after Clone Wars. Um, and I think that's where we're getting because in Mando season two, we got Ahsoka, we got the name Thrawn in there. Um, But what about for fans who like don't know anything about that? Because like, I'm not, I'm probably not going to watch the animated Clone Wars. I'm not going to watch mm. it. I just know I'm not, I'm not going to watch any of their animated shows. So like, should I get excited about this? Because like, I don't have an attachment. It's like the Honest Andor show, the Andor show I'm actually excited for. I think that's going to be a really cool show. I think Diego Luna is an awesome. I he's think so he's going to be a great leading man. Uh, it looks like a really cool show. Um, I like that character. Kenobi has you in McGregor. Yeah, back. I mean that. I mean that show. We also though the um the the Andor show. I think what's really good is it's attached to nothing. This is an original character. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that was most successful about the Mandalorian. It's an original character. Yeah, and Andor is an original character. And one that we met, we met him by the way in um Rogue One. In Rogue One, yeah, we met him there. He's a pretty awesome like rogue agent which is the whole point um so we get that i mean you know i know ewan mcgregor's back i'm really excited for ewan mcgregor hayden christensen really, is back as darth vader i'm not excited at all about hayden <laughs> christensen coming back at all because i don't want them their paths to cross at all um because it doesn't make any sense and i don't want them to ruin some stories i um, i defend I, the, there I'm is a line there there is a um, line in return of the jedi that i think is the line that they're gonna grab or gonna use if and when their paths cross in Kenobi, but that's another episode. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just a little bit anxious about how the quality of it. Now, look, we have some, 
some good things going forward. I, I do, I'm not going to count them out. I'm just going to be a little bit more, I think, apprehensive now. So in the, to finish answering that question, wrapping up, I don't, for people who don't know like the lore or Clone Wars or whatever, again, it's the two middle episodes. I think that's what's, that's the saving grace. You just said a perfect example when you told Kayla that Grogu was back. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, and that's, you know, that's it. I think Mando and Grogu are the people that are, are the flagship of Star Wars right now. Those are the two characters. That's, that's Mando and Grogu are Star Wars right now. And I think if you're not a fan and no, no, this lore, you're going to see this because of them. Which then, even if, you know, we had Ahsoka in that show, even if you don't necessarily understand where she's coming from or whatever, you're like, oh, this is a Jedi. It's kick-ass. So cool. Maybe that's a hook to see her show. Um, so for non-Star Wars fans or non-crazy fans like some of us, um, it's, it's Mando and Grogu. It's Mando and Grogu. And I think they realized that after season two because people were like, wait, this is over. Kayla, I remember, well, I'm not watching the show anymore. Grogu's done. So they realized, wait, we can't have these two separated. We need them back together. That's your hook right there. They are Star Wars. You think of Star Wars right now, and it's those two characters. And I think people, I think that's enough for now to bring the um, viewers back in. All right. Well, we'll look forward to all those things. I'm I'm looking forward to these shows. I'm, I'm just going to go with a little bit more apprehensiveness. I'm not going to go in as all guns blazing like I was for Boba Fett. I thought was really excited about it. It did let me down. And then we got those episodes with the Mandalorian and I just got super pumped for it. But um, I, I'll, I'll keep a cautious optimism. You know, the same thing I'm going to do with Lord of the Rings to go back and go full circle with us here. I will be cautiously optimistic about it. Um, just to have a little bit of hesitancy there, but I, I'm going to give it, I mean, obviously I'm going to watch it. You know, there's no, way I'm not going to watch these. Uh, there, there are things I genuinely enjoy. I'm going to watch them. And yeah. we'll talk about them on the pod. Of course we will. Kenobi's next. That's the next one. May 25th. It's coming out. Which that was your, you, you had, what was the, you were expecting a Top Gun. I was expecting a Kenobi trailer. So yeah. that was the one I missed, but Hey, hopefully soon, because that's only three months away. So where's do the trailer, wanna, Disney? Where's the trailer? Do you want to make a bet? Like when they have it, he will say hello there. Do you want to make that bet? Are you taking, do you think he's going to in the trailer? I mean, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll, I know you're expect. I'll say no. I'll say no. Okay. What do you want to bet? I don't know. What do you want to bet? Money. Sure. We'll bet like ten bucks. Ten bucks. All right. We'll Deal. put ten bucks on it. <laughs> All okay. Right. Ten bucks on it. You guys. Okay, heard it. but um, the question is, let's let's if it's it if he says it now or if he or they use a line from the prequels. He has to say hello there. I don't care. He has, if he says hello there in the trailer, okay, that's it. Watch it be went. like the 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 sound from the prequel. So I'll be like, <sighs> I couldn't care less. As long as he says hello there, he's gonna he's gonna we're gonna get. I'm gonna win ten dollars. That, that's I'm I'm it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be an interesting it's show. It's gonna happen. <laughs> and it's only six episodes, so it's even it's even shorter than Boba. So well, I'm excited for it. So let's get let's get excited for it. Let's hope that there is a little bit of excitement for some Star Wars content coming out. We have so much fun stuff coming in the next few months. You know, we've still got some Oscar content that I'm excited to talk about. Uh, we've got the return of Marvel movies. We've got some awesome retro reviews coming out soon. We're doing an episode on Hans Zimmer, the man, the myth, the German. We're talking about him. He's coming out soon. Um, so we're going to be doing some great content coming your way. So, so get excited for that. I hope you guys are enjoying the episodes lately sorry that we're late this week but we'll definitely be keeping up with it and uh looking forward to the episodes in the future so thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you guys next week